Recording. We're going live. What's up, everyone? I'm Alexa, and this is the Epic as Fuck podcast where we talk about yeah. what we have chats and banters, what the world's movers, shakers, rule breakers, and makers doing, being, and overcoming shit that's just epic as fuck. And there is a wide range of epic as fuckness in our world. So tonight we're going down the road of emotions. And I have my homie Taylor Brano with me, who is the host of the Happy Dog podcast and is a doctor. What kind of doctor again? Like psychiatrist. psychiatrist. I already knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we I saw his uh, Instagram post today and it was like it was like something along the lines of I just. You know, I this morning I was really happy and elated and joyful and felt the sun on my face. And then a couple minutes later, I don't really know the, the exact things, but it was like, and then, and then I felt like sorrow or, you know, whatever you said, like upsetness, yeah, we'll despair, go, we'll go anger. It. And then, you know, and then a couple hours later, it was like anxiety and all these things. And then I saw that and I was like, Taylor, you should come over and we should record a podcast about this because it's, I think the overall thing that we want to talk about is that human beings generally speaking have not especially my generation as a millennial we're not primed by our parents to understand that emotions and feelings and the full breadth of emotions and feelings from sadness some depressive feelings anxiousness um all the things happiness um elatedness joy sorrow grief all of it is part of the human spectrum and the human condition and mm-hmm. what it means to be human. Yet, at least in my experience, when I first started, when I was growing up into an adult and blossoming, I didn't understand what anxiety and what despair and sorrow and all these, I didn't know how to handle these things. So I thought they were wrong and bad. And we want to talk about how all this full spectrum of, full spectrum of emotions and feelings is simply about being human we want to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to say hi, Taylor? So, what's up, guys? I'm uh, right now fucking excited to be on the Epic as Fuck podcast. It feels good to throw in some F-bombs. Um, yeah, I I uh, basically ha- started the Happy Doc podcast two and a half, three years ago. Um, and it was because I was exhausted and depressed um, in medical school. I basically um, have always generally been pretty happy-go-lucky. Um, and had a lot of those negative emotions and I felt burnt out. So I wanted to reach out to happy professionals, doctors, all of those things. And through that process, I've learned a lot. And now I'm also in my psychiatry residency. So as we're talking about emotions, like I'm navigating that with people all day, air day. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a topic that's really important. And as Lex points out, like, there is so much to talk about with emotions, but the big thing is I think there's a lot of myths around emotions and what they mean and how do you deal with them effectively. And as she talked about before, if you were brought up in a household or if you were around people that taught you not to deal with certain emotions or if you grew up in a household or a situation where certain emotions were praised and others were not praised or not modeled in a way that uh, could be effectively processed if you didn't learn how to do that in a proper way and again there's different households and those different households have different ways of kind of dealing with those things then you're going to be running into some issues 
when it comes to your ability to effectively manage those emotions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that, I think. Yeah, that's huge. It really, I think, <laughs> I think, I don't think any of us can really argue with the fact that this all starts in childhood. It starts with our upbringing and our parents and our caregivers and the people that we're closest with growing up are modeling behaviors. And, you know, just for me personally, there was... Honestly, I don't think anyone in my household really knew how to handle and process emotions either. When certain emotions came up in the children, those were shunned or those were just not understood. So they weren't, there wasn't space to hold those emotions. So as children, as I'll just speak for myself, as a child, I was forced to suppress and repress anything that resembled anger or any of that thing, right? Any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so as I've grown up and I, in my twenties, as I've blossomed into an adult that is no longer in college and has the school system to kind of hide within, cause it's, I think it's a little easier to get by when you're still in school. Once now you're thrown out to the, to the real world with real humans and doing real things and business and stuff, all your shit comes to the surface. And my work, mm-hmm. a lot of my work in the twenties, in my twenties has been, why am I so confused about being a human? Why do I not understand how I feel? Why am I depressed? Why am I so anxious? Why, why, why? And it's like unpacking the mm-hmm. fact that, well, the reason was I wasn't modeled at a young age how to have and handle and hold the full breadth of human emotion. So if you're suppressing something, you don't know how to use it, mm-hmm. right? And really emotions and feelings and all these things are tools their um, navigation points, their alert systems, their so many different things, but they are normal, right? So the first part is understanding it's normal to have emotions and feelings. And two is like learning to, I think a big thing for me and I think a big thing for a lot of people as I'm seeing in their work is identifying like what a feeling or emotion even is. Like I don't think five years ago I could tell you the difference between depression and grief and sorrow right like mm-hmm. i didn't know the difference i and it all was like in a big bucket of this mm-hmm. is bad and this is good and mm-hmm. i want more of that and i don't want that so mm-hmm. let me push the bad things away and chase the good things because i think the good and the happiness and the joy and the, all the things are the only things that are good and right. right but it's learning to it's been for me learning to integrate like i said the full spectrum and that's the job and it's a whole yeah it's a whole thing yeah and and so let me i'm gonna like use you as a guinea pig here right so like in in your situation right like your family suppress you're you're mentioning like they were modeling a way of suppressing um either consciously or repressing like unconsciously these emotions right and by them showing you that having negative feelings are wrong, like you can't cry or you can't be a wuss or you can't be sad or if something was going wrong and you're pouting and you're upset, instead of them showing you love through that, compassion, empathy through those moments, it's like quit being a wimp, stop crying. All those things are telling you that it's, like you said, you have to put all that into the bad box. And then later when you're growing up and you're not with your family anymore, you don't like explore those feelings. No, like when you have like, for example, you were you were mentioning earlier that these are navigation points, right? I'm feeling awfully upset when I'm around this person. 
Um, but no, there must be something wrong with me that I'm upset around this person. So I'm not going to explore why I'm getting upset around this person. It may be that person's not treating you very nicely. Maybe there's these little um, intuitive um, signals that you're receiving that this person might be saying something behind your, you know, there, there's these signals that we're getting and that's like evolved through biology. It's evolved through, you know, uh, millions of years essentially of us being social beings and tribes. Right. And so we've developed these skills and that's a huge important piece of the puzzle. And then when you unpack and you realize all these rules and things that you learned as a child that aren't actually true, and then you're like, wait a second, this is what depression is, this is what anxiety is, this is, and I'm, it's okay to feel these things. If you don't unpack that, you will, uh, what's called like there's imploders and exploders, mm-hmm. you will implode. You hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, and then you just explode uh, or implode all these from feelings the from the inside. And you'll have physical symptoms. You'll have like, why am I getting sick all the time? Why am I getting nauseous? Why is my stomach hurt? Why do I have body pains? It's this internal stress. And in fact, emotions can translate into somatic or body stress. And so if you're holding or containing all that stuff and your body's in pain, and you know what? No one can figure out why. Maybe you're holding on to crazy amounts of emotions. You're not expressing them. Yeah, uh, I'm going to speak on that. So when I was going through my... In my mid-20s, I call my tur- my 20s my turbulent 20s, but from about after graduation up until, well, really now, and I think it's always going to be an ongoing process, but really like 22, 23, 24, 25, about seven, eight years have been really tumultuous because I'm learning all these things and integrating them and understanding them. But anyway, there was a m- multiple points in my 20s where there were physical symptoms and manifestations of an invisible illness that honestly didn't exist. And the first case of my experience with that was I wound up in the hospital in the ER like two or three times for crushing chest pains. They did the workup. They did everything. They're like, you are healthy. You don't have any chest problems. You don't have any heart problems. I had, you know, is there a heart murmur? I got the the thing when they put the things on your chest. EKG. EKG. I got it all. And there was nothing. And what I learned over time was that was a physical manifestation of just an in ability to process emotions specifically anxiety so my heart was literally feeling like it was being ripped out of my chest because I had so much anxiety but there was no actual physical ailment Mm -hmm. there was a physical ailment but it was really just like an identifying situation like it was like hey there's something off here doesn't Mm -hmm. mean there's something off with your heart your chest it's just in your your this is where it's showing up in your body yeah but a lot of people and I see certain family members going through it now like that has shown up in my life like over the course of my 20s so much like I had stomach issues stomach issues stomach issues but it was my inability so it's funny how my inability to digest certain things about my childhood or upbringing was presenting as an inability and a hard time digesting food and stomach problems but it wasn't necessarily the food I was eating Mm -hmm. it was literally you will have physical manifestations of an internal Mm -hmm. energetic situation where you maybe can't digest an emotion or digest something that happened to you and you have actual digestive issues but it doesn't mean you need to go and get like you know like Miralax or something like it's it's super deep and like it's always an ongoing process to unpack what the things mean but I think once you do the work for a couple years and you really start diving into it you do make progress you do start understanding it more you start getting like a better lay of the land like it's just like anything it's a skill 
it can be learned and there's so many different tools to learn and integrate and work with your emotions and feelings but do you want to speak to that because i do have a question yeah yeah i mean and so something to talk about like when we're talking about like somatic symptoms and stuff is like first off like our gi tract like if you have really good digestion digestion and eating the right foods is really important because those are like the building blocks for our neuro- neurochemicals like dopamine and serotonin and you know epinephrine and all of that good stuff but also there's a huge network of uh, nervous tissue in the GI tract and the belly and all that stuff, right? So if our nervous tissue or our neurochemicals like serotonin, dopamine, dopamine, all these good, you know, feeling kind of chemicals aren't kind of working as well, that does actually, there's a lot of nervous tissue. In fact, uh, I think it's even more nervous tissue in the in the abdomen more than many other areas of the body. So, you know, if those, uh, if you're not able to effectively um, cope with your emotions that like really can affect, you know, the GI tract and all that stuff. But with all that being said, like what you were saying with panic, you know, you had so much emotion building in that could not be processed effectively or that you didn't want to process or you weren't, you didn't have the tools, Mm -hmm. the tools to process. And we could probably get to that too. Like what tools do we need to process emotions? If you don't have the right tools, or you're not able to cope with it, what happens is your your mind pushes all of that stuff away. It's like when you deal with trauma or feelings you can't deal with, it shoves it into a box and it's like, if I open this right now, I'm going to explode because I don't have the ability to handle it. So I'm going to shove it here. And then that manifests, for example, in what you were having, which is like this crazy sudden amount of panic where your heart's racing your eyes are getting super wide you're starting to you're starting to sweat you feel like this is the moment you're like shit i'm gonna die mm-hmm. and um it's it's a very scary and terrifying moment and then like right it, like they thought it might be it's like chest pain but that's the manifestation of panic and that's like a buildup of this inability to really cope and have yeah. those tools what was your what was your question my question was i wanted to go back to the instagram story i saw you yeah. post today um Talk of we were kind of talking about this before we hopped on, but you were like, this was in the in the span of one day. Yeah. You went from elation to whatever the, yeah. the the span of those emotions were. Yeah, and how there are extremes of emotions and feelings that do need to be tended to in a more careful and like procedural or not procedural, but like need to be actually tended to. Yeah. But then there's just like the full range of emotion that can come up and feeling that can come up during the day that you don't necessarily need to dig super deep into. Like yeah. every time you're, if say you go from like a little thing pisses you off and then you're super happy and then you don't have to dig, dig, dig into everything, right? right? So that's what I wanted to talk about is like when to dig into it and when to yeah. be like, okay, this is normal. I'm going through like feels today, right? right? So the, the way I've like heard about emotions, so... basically we have our mind right and we have this like organ or whatever you want to call it right this system in our mind or brain called the amygdala and that's like our um, emotional processing whatever but like long story short like an emotion is a thought that has energy behind it meaning that it is something that you're looking at or perceiving in the world that means something to you okay so like or you're choosing for something to have certain meaning so like if you are you're having an automatic emotion, a lot of times the reason why something is emotional, like when you look at a piece of art or something, you find it beautiful, you see the colors or whatever, because it reminds you of a different scene in the past, or you're looking at it, it inspires you in some way. There's thought, and then there's some energetic 
kind of component to it that makes you feel a certain way, right? It's not just a general like logical thought. It's something that moves you. Like that's like what emo- emotions like a moving sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why emotions are really useful, right? Because if something moves you, like if a bear's a, like right next to you, right? Uh, it's literally moving you. It's telling you like you need to run away or you need to freeze or whatever, right? So like in, you know, yesterday, like I was having... You know, I always try to start my day off with like gratitude and all this stuff. And I noticed how like I was coming into work and I noticed how beautiful the sun, the sun was out and I saw a sun and I was just like really focusing. And I'd spent that morning focusing in on what things were like really amazing in my life. Right. So the sun was hitting my face and I felt that and that was absolutely amazing. But then I through my like work day, like I was at my job for a while, I was starting to get really drained and I started having like noticing like why me why is this happening to me why why is my work day so long why do I have to work with you know this xyz and I'm feeling drained and this sucks so I had the thought and the energy behind it that was running this little race about you know I was perceiving that I was, my exhaustion meant that there was something bad about like what I had to do or what needed to change right and then later I had a phone call that was difficult but also really beautiful right so like sometimes you can have conversations which are hard but also in a weird way cathartic Mm -hmm. so there's this like short-term feelings and the long-term story so like I kind of mentioned in that post that the emotions are kind of like a journey right and it's like an art piece and there's many colors to it and based on like what that conversation or art piece or moment meant to you based on your past or experiences or upbringing or whatever it paints a different picture. So like right now, as you know, Lex and I are recording this podcast, this moment might feel different to you than to me. And yet we're still having the same moment together, which is like totally wild. But point being is we can have a wide spectrum of emotions in a day, in a moment, in two minutes, and that's fine. And that's okay. And that's really beautiful. And so, but the thing is, is like, if you just let your emotions dictate your actions, like that's not cool because like emotions are always going to be there. And it, we can't let, if we're feeling sad or unloved or upset or whatever, if you're upset, that doesn't mean that you're now just going to go run off and try to hurt yourself, right? Like you have to know that you have to take that small piece and put it in the big picture of things. And that's why things like values and goals and having a mission and having a purpose, like those are all really f- important foundational things to get you through those humps Definitely. of emotions mm. that, that kind of mm. move you in a certain direction as you're hearing that. Um, no, I, I, I wanted to bring up like, how we can have the full breath of like talking about how they're like a landscape and they're always moving and morphing Mm. throughout the day. Like before we got on this podcast, I spent 40 minutes trying to, I have two podcast microphones. Taylor and I are now sitting next to each other recording on one microphone, which doesn't make the experience as like lovely as I like it when I'm doing a podcast because you can look at each other when you have two microphones. Anyway, I spent like 30, 35, 40 minutes trying to set up the microphones and they weren't working and I was getting increasingly more angry and frustrated and pissed. And, you know, a while ago I would have tried to hide that and there would have been shame layered on top of that, Mm. of me feeling angry and me feeling annoyed and all the things. But because I've realized and learned to realize and, and understand that, 
I'm just having a reaction in the moment and I'm allowed to feel angry that this thing isn't working that I really want to work and like I'm it's like I don't have to be perfect and be like I'm gonna be all love and light in this moment even though I'm really fucking angry right now and I'm gonna let my friends see it and my partner see it and fuck it like whatever but here I am recording anyway right so their emotions when you have them it's so it's super empowering and like it's an amazing place to get to when you can have the emotion or the feeling let it pass and then not attach more than you need to to it like shame and guilt Mm -hmm. and judgment of yourself for even having the (laughs) judging yourself for having the emotion in the first place because then you're adding this whole other layer on top of it that makes it even harder to process it's just gonna be there it's okay like it's okay where isn't okay like what taylor said is if every time i say i i was angry in the moment i snapped on taylor then i start taking it on other people i start taking it on myself that's because you're actually not fully processing it you're not fully allowing it because if you fully allow the feeling or the emotion it will pass like the fucking wind right it'll just breeze in and breeze out but if you judge tie stories repress or try to move away from it you snap on other people you take it out on yourself you all the things right so actually like emotions and feelings that are maybe uncomfortable even happy joyful ones like taylor's like those pass just as quick as the uncomfortable ones they all all pass so we always are trying to run away from and repress and push away the discomfortable, the uncomfortable ones. But we're trying to hold on to mm-hmm. grasp and keep the ones we love. And it's kind of six in one, half a dozen the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe the emotion, the feeling is something you really like, the one you're trying to hold on to. Mm-hmm. But then you're creating more turmoil for yourself because you're holding on to something that's not there anymore. It's like trying to hold on to air. Right. So... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just got no, a little float. No, I, I, no I, I felt that so much. So let me, I, there's a couple things that came to my mind. So I really want to like say process this. So life is always happening and we are flowing in life. So as the moments are happening, while Lex and I are right here in this moment, like doing this podcast, boom, second, boom, second, it keeps moving. If I avoid at any moment being in the now, it's kind of like having a room and your room is slowly collecting dirt or some form of, let's just call it food. Let's say I have food, right? And every second I have a moment to consume whatever's happening in the now. But what happens is if I'm avoiding it, that food gets dropped on the floor. And what happens when you have food or some sort of dirt or what have you collecting slowly in your space? Well, initially not a big deal your room can have some stuff collected in the corner but now you're waiting days now you're waiting weeks now you're waiting months and what happens that dirt or food or what have you whatever you're starting to collect because you're not dealing with it in the now is now collected and it becomes mold and then that mold starts to grow and now there's like bacteria and fungus and it starts to smell and all of a sudden you can't even live in your own room aka your body aka your mind now you're starting to get disease coming in now you need to start to take medications in order to deal with the mold and the stuff that you could have just dealt with in the moment and all of a sudden you're essentially avoiding and hiding away from the thing that was causing the problem in the first place so long story short if you have an emotion just feel the emotion be in the emotion sit with the discomfort every single mindfulness meditation uh, spiritual practice religious practice says 
take your light, aka your awareness, your observation skills, and look at the darkness. Darkness cannot exist when your light is shining on it. Shine your being, your present presentness, your awareness, shine your light on what is discomfort, what is uncomfortable, and let that darkness or whatever discomfort is within you blast away. It takes time. I remember when I started when I started meditating, one of the biggest things I noticed is, wow, there's all these like thoughts I don't want to have coming up because I had been, like you were mentioning before, suppressing and repressing emotions and feelings from the past and I didn't want to deal with it. And so I started having these thoughts coming up and it was really uncomfortable. And what you do is you have that thought process and you kind of sit with it and then you come back to the present moment. And so when you've been collecting for a long time, you might also have to deal with emotions that have been collected for a long time. And that's the work. If you avoid the work, you it will come up in a much more harmful way. And, um, you know, that's not the way that we want to deal with things. We want to be healthy and we want to ultimately get to our happy selves and happy lives, which is, again. But it's always a process, too. That's like not to say Mm -hmm. that you arrive at this happy place and happy life. You're actually always undoing because think about it. You might have done all this work, healed all this stuff, and you're really happy generally. But then something could happen or even Mm -hmm. something can happen at work. So we're constantly I was actually thinking about this today. We're constantly healing. We may be at like a really great, I'll call it a plateau, but it's not. Like we may be at a really great plateau or place. We've done a lot of work and I'm actually in this place right now. I've done a lot of work, healed a lot of things this year. Like I'm in a really amazing place after eight months of just crazy weird struggle and I feel great. But the trick is, is you never actually arrive. It's always a, it's always mm-hmm. some type of commitment to yourself. I just mm-hmm. want to make a note of that. But I want to backtrack real quick because yep. of what Taylor said with the, you're in your room, aka your body and things gather and you don't like tend to them. You don't clean it up and it compiles, compiles, whatever. I want to relate that in a way that maybe more people can maybe understand. So do you ever like have a really good idea and or like say a really good idea for an Instagram post and you're like this would be sick and then you go and you write it in your notes in your iPhone and then you are like oh I'll get to that later and then a couple days later you have a really fucking good idea for a post and then you're like let me like put that in my notes section of my phone then you never actually write the Instagram post and then one day you go to sit down maybe and be like all right I'm gonna like write all these posts that I've been saving But that inspiration is past, right? So these are almost like dead ideas that are sitting in the Mm -hmm. confines of your consciousness, a.k.a. your iPhone, you know, note section. And there's a little bit of grief there because you're like, I should have just like taken two minutes to make this post and I would have been so proud of myself and I would have gotten it out. But now it's just hiding in my iPhone notes and I'm never going to do anything with it. Same thing with I maybe an idea or a business or like you have an inspiration to call someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time. You're like, oh, I'll just call them later. But you never fucking call. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing with th- with emotions and feelings that you just stuff down and never process. Oh, when I get home later, I'll like journal about it. But maybe you don't. You just like turn on the TV and you... Um, distract yourself and then you think that the work is always going to happen sometime in the future when you have quote unquote the time to sit down and do it all but what I can tell you as someone that thought that that was the way for a long fucking time is all it does is pile 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 until you have a breakdown or some type of Mm. attack a panic attack or like for me I wound up in the fucking hospital right so 
it there is no future it that now's the time to mm-hmm. process it and you may think you don't have the time but you actually save your time self time in the long run because of the time you need to spend clawing yourself back out or recovering from all the things you avoided and we can get into tools on how to do this as you go through your day. I want to get into tools because it can make yeah. it seem overwhelming, but there actually are tools. Like- yeah, I, I want to make a quick comment here first. Um, so like everything that we're talking about, as, as Lex was speaking, the, the word that came to my mind was flow. Disease or disease comes when we are not able to flow with life as it is. So if the inspiration is hitting you, be inspired and create. If you're having a negative emotion, feel the negative emotion and be with that for a little bit. If 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 you're not letting things flow, you know, if you think about life like a current and you were kind of swimming in this current of life, um, it's kind of like we're blocking the current or we're resisting the current we're avoiding it. and avoiding yeah. the current instead of being in the current. Like, uh, I think you and I will agree when you're in flow in life, things just like take you in this like really beautiful way. And you, and you have to you have to allow the experience to be as it is. And, and I think that's kind of like the theme. If you're not letting things be as it is and being part of that experience, whatever it is, as it's happening and taking advantage of it as it's happening and being with it, then then I think it causes kind of a lot of that blockage yeah. that we're talking about. And that's super, it's a super hard, co- it's one of those concepts that we're talking about. It's not a concept, like I think I've, I'm learning to finally embody that after a lot of failure and like not being able, like as an intellectual, like I can wrap my head around it, but how do I embody that? Like how do I live that? Like what do you mean? Do I just quit my job and live in the flow? Like that's where people get caught up. Like well, does going with the flow mean doing nothing? Like not really. It's like this, yeah. it's such a, it's so fucking weird. I don't even know how to like talk about it. Right yeah, now. no, I mean it, the the whole thing we're talking about. It's almost like it's 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 like nonverbal. So it's kind it of really hard. Is. Yeah, There's no real vocabulary. No, because it. it's an experience. Yeah. Um. Okay. So tools. I mean, like this is literally could be a book yeah. of information. I'm actually like pretty. I'm like literally. I actually train people on how to deal with emotions. So it's funny when we're talking about this. So um. So the categories that I know of to talk about for dealing with um, intense emotions are um, one is called emotional regulation. It's just like a general big category on how to regulate your emotions. Uh, One is called distress tolerance, and that's specifically for crisis. Um, And there's something called distress tolerance skills. There's interpersonal effectiveness, which is another big category, which basically means like when you're dealing with a certain set of emotions or thoughts or feelings, how do you communicate that between people effectively because even if you have strong emotions that's cool that you've dealt it with inside but a lot of times you have to communicate that with other people otherwise your emotions going to keep reoccurring because you haven't talked to the person that's causing it in the first place or is a part of it right and then mindfulness so i i mean i think the real backbone of a lot of it at least for me is i couldn't get better uh, personally until i became mindful mm-hmm. and and be, being aware you have to be self-aware so when i started learning about the idea of meditation which is like essentially like being comfortable in the present moment and just noticing what where your thoughts are going until i started to tune into so men tend i don't know this is like a general thing like i just learned from someone i could be wrong actually is men tend to like a certain type of meditation where they focus on one thing um, generally like a transcendental meditation where they listen to like a tone or something. 
Um, yeah, and it's I know, more masculine. It doesn't have to be men. It's just a more masculine Yeah, it's a more masculine. Approach. And then the more feminine approach, I think, is generally mindfulness, where you're just like kind of more present in the moment of what you're doing. Also, moving meditation is moving a good meditation. way to think about more feminine ways of mindfulness. And um, and essentially, right, so with a, I think my one tool I would just, again, because there would be so many, but the one tool I would say for this podcast and something like to cultivate is just really noticing when your mind is drifting off, come back to the moment. And when you're having intense emotions, um, sit with it for a little bit and yeah. and just see where that goes and know that it's going to be okay and you can come back to the present moment after that's processed. Yeah, real life example. This one's been my, all of it's been my work, but a big one for me is I have a lot of interpersonal challenges as someone that's like experience. I don't like to say I'm diagnosed because I think we're always healing. So, and we're always like just, we have adaptive tendencies and those have been, there's been disorders um, created around adaptive tendencies to survive. But I was diagnosed with borderline personality, which has a lot to do with interpersonal challenges. Um, so I own a service company, like a service business. So we deal with clients one-on-one. So as you can imagine, it's a lot of interpersonal relationships, day-to-day interpersonal communication and certain things via email trigger the fuck out of me. And I cannot tell you one time in my career where, when I would be triggered and immediately fire back an email where that I'd be happy about that. And I cannot tell you one time in my career where the time I didn't fire something back, I wasn't like I was happy about that. Right. But I can tell you almost every time it happens when I do get triggered, I have to walk away. Otherwise, I will just fire it back. So it's a muscle, though. It's gotten so much better. Um, And a tool I've I've used. I don't know if this is is kind of in the context of business, but it's coming up. So I'm Mm going to share it is when I find when there's a trigger. I'll create a system around that trigger, which sounds a little crazy, but it allows you to kind of procedurally handle handle your triggers so that your emotions don't run the show and so you don't create more bad blood or more challenges that will actually make your emotions worse in the long run because you have more shit to deal with. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? A client complained about something with the timelines of our project. Well, why did I hire you? I could have done it myself. All these things that trigger me. I don't know if it's because someone's questioning me. It doesn't matter. Trigger reason doesn't matter, but it was a trigger. So what I did was I created an email. So I first bitched out, right, in the email. Then I didn't send it. Then I turned it into a really well thought out and well written response. Saved it as a template for myself and other people to use when they're triggered by the same reaction. Now I don't have to respond from my like primal brain, right? My that re, that trigger. I can be like, okay, I'm angry, but this person doesn't need to be the brunt of that anger so I'm gonna go and look and see a response that works for this you don't have to be super anyway I wanted to share that that's one tool that I've started using and is actually really helpful I guess that's more in the context of business but it could be with like family and stuff but um that's one I do have two other tools I want to mention did you want to say anything yeah, I mean, just just to kind of, you know, piggyback off what uh, Lex said there, you know, so in her case, she had noticed that she had a reoccurring trigger, which, again, means that she was being mindful and she was insightful about it. So, like, she used her mindfulness skills and the ability to reflect to figure out what was going to work for her. And I think I want to talk about these skills or whatever tools 
is every human is different. And so you got to know yourself enough to figure out what's going to work for you. And it's a constant process. So my big thing is if you mess up, like this is total like uh, Thomas Edison here, right? Like it took a thousand tries to make that light bulb. Like 90, if you mess up 999 times until you figure out the way that you're going to get to the next level of how this constant lesson or thing that's coming up, um, is going to get fixed. That's fine. So whatever tool, even though we're talking about some examples and tools here, um, and you know, you can offer, you know, your tools, like whatever it is, like another tool I always say in the back of your mind is it's okay because these are lessons that you're learning and growing through and it's okay to keep messing up. It's fine. Don't beat yourself so up so much that you get down the dumps. Keep moving, like keep being in that flow no matter what. Yeah, because you might be triggered by that one thing like I was like a thousand times, but on the a thousand and first time you create a I'll call it a system a system that works for you personally and then Mm -hmm. you realize you aren't triggered as much when it keeps happening because you're like I already know how I'm going to respond so I don't have to worry about that now I can go off on my own and kind of process journal it out like dance it out fucking do whatever makes you feel good and then you come back and you respond and you know you're not responding from your trigger um but I before I share the other two tools two tools I want to expand on Taylor's point that every human being is different and every human being literally needs a different um oh man what's the word like a different unique unique approach to how they help themselves so for instance i know someone in a in my family that has someone close to them that is super depressed it's been depressed for a couple years and i'm like so what different tools are they using she's like well he's on medicine but It's not working for him. What medicine did you go on? Maybe he can try that. I'm like, is he doing therapy? Is he trying meditation? So like, it's not a one size fits all. And you can try all the medicine in the world, Mm -hmm. but it might not work for you because medicine might not just be the thing for you. Or you're expecting the medicine to be all of it to you when you need a combination of Mm -hmm. medicine, meditation, movement, and counseling, right? And someone for someone counseling may do absolutely nothing. Maybe it's their mindset. Maybe it's it just doesn't work for them, but they find a coach combined with journaling, combined with sound therapy is like their fucking three things that hit the spot. So it's it's like a recipe that is not a one size fits all. There's a million different ingredients and you mm-hmm. got to fuck with it until you find the thing for you. So that's such a good point because it can get easy. You can be easily stuck on. Well, I've been doing counseling and medicine for years and I'm still in the same spot. Well, maybe if you tried one something else different that you've never tried before, it might be the thing for you. So you, there's so many different modalities that we, we need to try and see what is going to mm-hmm. be the winning combination for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to jump into like two tools I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to add? Well, the the only thing I, w- I would just say is just like, like keep moving and believing in yourself And, you know, when it comes to that unique approach, like keep your mind open. Mm -hmm. The, the number one thing I think I see, and I'm not giving any specifics with my patients and the people I coach and work with is the ones that ultimately succeed are open to trying when they believe. And again, a lot of this is set on their automatic beliefs and belief systems. If your belief 
tells you that everything we're talking about right now, which I know you're, you're, you're vibing with because you're listening to this podcast, if your belief system closes you off and says you can't do something, then that is true. And if you believe that you can and that you will keep trying until you find what works for you, then that is also true. So keep your mind open. Yeah. Okay. So I want to share two tools that have really helped me the one especially this is for people that experience like I said I've experienced like the borderline personality stuff which is super intense Mm -hmm. emotions and like not really I guess maybe moods they're not mood swings it's just you can be a have a really really intense emotion like something may happen to Taylor where he feels a little angry but my anger level might be like 10 times that or something Mm -hmm. just for an example so something that's helped me process extreme anger and like an inability to let things go even in meditation is this journaling practice specifically for people with the more severe ranges of emotions and it's basically two prompts and the first prompt is because a lot of our like the bad or the I'm sorry not bad the challenging emotions some of them are tied to like deep fears and fear Mm. of death fear of whatever it might be being judged so this one journal prompt really fucking changed my life I don't know why or how but it's powerful so and it's super simple so you write You just, you don't think, you just let it flow. You write, I have fear that, blah, Taylor thought that I was being in, like, um, a child when I was mad about the podcast not Mm. working. I have fear that he thinks I'm crazy. I have fear that Mm. my partner is going to leave me. I have fear, I have fear. You write, I have fear. Every fucking fear. And then after you do I have fear, you write, because a lot of us, we may have resentment towards ourselves and resentment is a really challenging feeling. So you write, I have resentment that, and then you fill in the blank. And then before, so let's see, I have resentment towards Taylor because I have fear that he thinks I'm a child or something like that. So Mm. you don't write, I have resentment towards them and just the thing. You write, I have resentment because of this, because I have fear, because it all Mm. comes back to fear. So like I said, the first prompt is I have fear my partner is going to leave me. I have fear that my neighbor isn't going to take out the trash for the 10th week in a row. I have resentment towards my neighbor because I have fear they're not going to take the trash out again. Something about this prompt allows us to get out all these intricate fears towards ourselves, people, and feelings. But what you do is I always did this on scrap paper. I never fucking read through it. I let it all come out and then I scribbled on it. I ripped it up and I threw it away. No need to save those prompts. No need to save those journal entries. Don't need to even put them in your notebook that's spiral bound. Like you want to throw these pieces out because you just get them out and then that's it. Really fucking helped me. Don't really know why, but it did. So I wanted to share that one for super intense emotions. Super helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as she's talking about that, it makes a lot of sense, right? Cause like the feeling is so intense that maybe you even just have to like physically get the shit out. And so it's like, cause it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to do something. And so, you know, grabbing that piece of paper and just writing out and talking about your fears and like your anger and your frustration, like, like literally writing it out is a way to kind of get that out of your system. The one thing I want to point out though, um, and I, I often point this out too, when I'm doing like group therapy and working with other people is most of our fears are actually based out of love because we were, we loved something and we were hurt really bad. And so it re-triggers actually. So I want to just point out that most of our fears are actually love in disguise. Yeah. 
So like your fear about the like, I don't know, like you acting like a child and getting frustrated is honestly because you you had a lot of love for us performing well together and you wanted us to kill it. And it kind of hurts you that it wasn't going as planned. And like you want you love you like you love the performance of us communicating and working on something together and you just wanted you care. Right. And it's like this appreciation factor. So often if you kind of. Step one is, of course, get out the authentic feeling that you're having, that fear, that anger, frustration, but also like perspective. I mean, um, I'm going to use the word perspective here as a tool. Keep things in perspective, like everything's going to be okay. You're still alive. No thought by itself is going to kill you. You're going to get through this moment, even though it feels terrible. Yes, this moment sucks, but we can get through it, like transform stuff. Easier said than done always, oh, yeah. but but perspective is super important. I, it, but I will speak to people out there that who are listening to this and are saying easy for you to say perspective is important. I understand when you're in those. All right. I'm going to give a real life example. And Taylor already knows this. But this past one year ago today, I was heading into the pits of a fucking despairing situation, disparaging situation. I was becoming more and more depressed. I was becoming more and more anxious, having more and more panic attacks, the an inability to sleep was compounding my business was simultaneously failing um i was simultaneously not able to support myself pay my rent all the fucking base hierarchical need shit was not being met wound up in the hospital for five days got out had to rebuild my business i was on food stamps for a fucking month after having a successful business and had to rebuild my business from scratch, rebuild my life myself from scratch. So I don't think there was, there were, that's not true. What kept me going was the, in those moments was there was just a deep, deep, deep knowing that that wasn't forever. But I don't think that I ever had perspective during that time. There was just a deep knowing that I'd get through it somehow and it would eventually be over and that I didn't want to die. So I had no choice but to keep going. That was really the only perspective I can. Because when you're in such a negative state, your mind is so fixed like yeah. when you're that low, you're so yeah. fixed. So unless you can cultivate that inner knowing of like, I'm going to get through this, I can understand that there may, it may be harder to have perspective. Yeah. In those really, that's like the really, 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 really fucking challenging, like crazy yeah. depths. Yeah. Despair stuff. Well, I mean, not to go down too far into this tangent, but like, yeah, yeah like, so like the way to think about it is when you are inspired, your life opens up like, uh, like imagine a cone, it opens up and like you don't have like when you're actually happy and you know that you're happy and you're inspired the way you know is you don't have enough time you when when you feel like you don't have enough time to achieve your dreams and goals there's so much you want to do in this life that's when you fucking know you're happy that's how I know when so time the way you perceive time and the importance of your time and how much you love your time that like if you love your time and you wish you could do that shit all the time like that's happiness. Mm -hmm. But in despair, sorrow, depression, your cone of life closes down and it tightens and you're in what a thought tunnel you talked about fixed thoughts. There is no time. You do not believe that time you should have any more time. You're a burden to everyone. You suck. You're going to hurt people. Your life is worthless. By the way, as I'm saying all these things, that's not true. And the fact is actually you are worth something. And a lot of people are feeling that way. So know that there are a lot of people in 
that feel that way and you're not alone. But with that being said, that feeling of it creates this cone of like time. There's no time. I'm done. And everything, everything gets closed off. So, uh, again, like what you said, like that, that perception that there, you have no choices and everything is done and there's nothing good for you and you can't get out of this. Like that's, that's some real shit. It is. Yeah. It's hard. It can be hard, but if you keep going, it's almost inevitable that you do reach some type of, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but I think if you go long enough, you do reach the point where you have hindsight and you can like transcend that experience. Well, That's the goal. Yeah. Like um, emotions are fleeting so that the, the, you know, your insight of like, even though this sucks right now, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this and yeah, it sucks right now, but it's going to transform emotions transform as long as you still believe it can transform right. and it, and, and it, and it will because emotions do transform it. Everything is transient, including the good times, by the way. Right. So, yeah. Okay, one more, another tool I want to share that I learned recently that I'm, I'm still, I think I'm working with it pretty consistently, but it's this thing where you, so say you have a lot of those emotions compiling on and instead of running or suppressing or thinking you can process them later, you take a time out and you just sit down and you kind of like close your eyes and you can put your hands on your heart if you want and just kind of like comfort yourself and you state out loud the feeling you, you are feeling or the emotion you're having so we can I'll try to do it in real time so like I'm feeling really like frustrated I'm feeling really anxious I'm feeling really fucking pissed off I'm fucking angry and they say that's it that's what you get out then you go like I'm really frustrated because um Taylor was an hour late and I hate when fucking people make and this didn't happen but I hate when people well, like no we weren't yeah. <laughs> this is what came to my mind I hate when people make me waste my time and I'm really fucking angry because I don't think he respects my time and I'm frustrated because I go to bed at 10 and he's not gonna get here until 9 and we're not gonna be able to so you say what the feeling is then you say why you're having that feeling or emotion then what you do is you repeat and affirm back to yourself so Yes, I understand that you're frustrated because Taylor's late. I understand how that can be really challenging for you. Yes, I understand that you're angry because you don't think he respects you and your time. I, I understand how that can be like really just annoying and like, yeah, not feel so good. So you so you, you state the feeling or emotion. Then you state why it's happening. Then you affirm yourself. And from there, that's almost the processing in itself. And then at the end of that, you know, you do some, you're always doing some deep breathing. You can write about it. And then you can either, if it's a small thing, like the Taylor being late thing, it may not be a small thing for you, but say you're at a point in your life where you can address that. And it's not, it's not like super hard for you. You can just, instead of now being triggered and saying, what the fuck, Taylor? Like, you don't respect my fucking time duh, 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 and going off on him because you didn't process the things you can say, all right, we did this podcast at the end. I can say, hey, Tay, you know, next time, can you just like make sure you let me know if you're going to be late like ahead of time or just let you know I get really uncomfortable when mm -hmm. you're an hour late. So so you see how that's a different way of approaching communicating to him versus being triggered and like letting him know I'm fucking angry and then how that energy feels versus, OK, I processed I know why I'm angry and now I can address the situation from a calm state. I was going to make a comment about that. So like what she was talking about is actually another tool which falls into the interpersonal effectiveness category. When you have a tough emotion, like when someone does something and it upsets you, 
like in that moment, like even though I, I did, I, by the way, I did actually come late. So when I came, so, but, but listen, when, if I come late and it like, for example, in this case had upset Lex, it's on Lex to be able to express that to me. So I understand. And I've been given that signal. So step one is she needs to process the emotion within herself and the way to do this effectively and to add on another tool is you use I statements. So in her case, I got upset that you were an hour late and I feel that when that happens, I feel like my time isn't being respected. And the truth is that you might not actually mean that, but I feel that way and I feel like I'm being disrespected and I appreciate you as a friend. So now you're letting the other person know that you appreciate them and I want our friendship to be strong. So like what I ask is maybe next time, let me know in advance or, or if you're going to be late, maybe we reschedule or something, but like, I just don't want, you know, I don't want this to get in between our great relationship. And so you see how it's, 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 there's the expression of the emotion and it's also showing love at the same time. So you, you, you're not, you're lifting everyone up while also expressing the feeling. And so that's being interpersonally effective. And that's how you get through those times where your emotions are reoccurring and dependent on someone else's actions. And you want to make sure that everyone like, cause if you don't bring it up, there's no awareness, there's no group awareness mm-hmm. around it. I don't know the name of the human bias, but I know this is a human bias where you assume the other person knows what they did to make you feel that way. Or you assume they know your th- yes. what you're thinking. We, I've done it so many times. Um, but the reality is they really don't no. know. So, like, so the big thing here is, no one no no one can read minds as much as we think we can so get that out of your head and if something's not going the right way in any team this is great for business actually any team business relationship what have you if something frustrates you and it's reoccurring i'm talking about 2 to 3 to 4 times and it keeps happening you gotta talk about it or it's not gonna change and you can't assume that someone's gonna be perfect for you because there is no perfect. There's just the perfection of your communication that allows that change and transformation to happen. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, emotions and feelings. They're just a a dance. They're a dance and we learn to work with it. First, all right, so is there any other tools we wanna bring up? I I think think we covered a lot. Um, Mindfulness journaling writing processing taking time all the things so okay so just to recap right first emotions and feelings are a part of the human experience there's no way around it so we need to learn first what our feelings and emotions mean we need to learn like how to work with them and use them and have them and integrate and dance with them you know and then we use tools right to to do that whether it's mindfulness meditation movement uh, you know, counseling, um, all the things we just talked about. So the tools and then, you know, just knowing there's nothing fucking wrong with you for like having this spectrum of emotions. And we like, I salute all the people that are on this path and doing this work because I think it's some of the most important work we can do as humans because we weren't, most of us were not brought up in the environments, uh, or in the schools or in the places to know that what emotions even really mean and, and are. So it's hard work, but it's like definitely rewarding once you get to that place yeah. where you're okay, I'm getting this now, but it is a skill like know it's a skill can be learned by anybody because humans 
like it can't just not be learned by certain humans because we're fucking humans. It's part of the human experience. Yeah. Like, and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, like emotions are actually awesome. They're incredible tools and there's different levels to this game. No matter what level you are at, just know that you can use that shit for your advantage. When you're angry, fucking like you can transform an angry uh, situation that you're pissed off at someone. Channel that into something that's good for you. You know, go to the gym, like get that shit out, move your body, like shake it out. If you're like excited or whatever, whatever emotion you have, that can be transformed in a beautiful way. Intense emotions, not that you need, it doesn't need to happen like this, but intense emotions can become beautiful music, beautiful art, beautiful expressions on things like a podcast. Like that shit makes you human. So if you had no emotions, by the way, you wouldn't do anything. Humans are emotional and that helps us drive forward in whatever else we do. So it's a beautiful tool and and don't disrespect that. Yeah. So thanks for coming in here with us tonight and we hope that you could take something from this and apply it to your life and we'd love to hear from you if this helped you if you have any questions this is definitely something i love talking about and i'm sure taylor does too so yeah any exiting thoughts um how do how do we hit you up hit who up like i mean for you like how are they gonna connect oh to you? well we this is gonna be on the this is the epic as fuck podcast it'll be on instagram and i post it on my personal and you'll have it and you know it's social media so yeah and, and taylor can, is the happy doc podcast yeah so the, the the podcast is the happy doc and like the handles are at happy doc podcast happy doc podcast and this is epic as fuck podcast Thank you to all you epic fuckers. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually call you guys that. But <laughs> thank you, and we 